0: Welcome to Politics and Right. I'm Bertha Willis, your host. How's everybody doing today? We are gonna have a great show for you today. Before I get started, I want to first give a big, big, humongous thank you to Wayne Jergerson, Henry Terrell, Scott Murray, John Schwager, and Charlie Lindahl for your kind contribution to uh, KPFT 90.1 FM. In the honor of Politics Done Right. Thank you guys for supporting this program. We couldn't do it without you. Likewise, I always start my program. Remember one thing, folks. We are going into drive not this week, not next week, but I think the week after. And uh, I am going to be giving you programming as I ask you to call in. But you know, you can make it that I can even give longer programming by starting now. Just go to the kpft.org website, kpft.org, hit that donate button and say... I want to support the KPFT and the Pacifica Network so that we can continue to give you great information. Anyway, I was reading this morning, and before I get into the show, before I get into what we're going to do today, you know, I'm reading and catching up on, on, on the news, not only our local papers, but international papers, etc. And I came across a story, and the story is called, For British Farmers, The Effects of Brexit... Uh, become clearer. I repeat, they're now seeing what occurs when we really mess with it, when an old society messes with immigration, right? So, you know, uh, wh- right now there's quite a bit of inflation in Europe, right? We have inflation here, but it's worse in Europe. And inflation can occur under several conditions. One, you have a supply chain problem. Two, you can have a shortage problem. And three, you can have corporate gouging. In America, the largest portion, as, as pointed out by our congresswoman from uh, California, Katie, Katie Porter, Most of our inflation is corporate greed. In other words, they're pricing the products higher because they can. Yes, we have a supply chain problem, but that supply chain problem was created by them by outsourcing unnecessarily to reduce costs further. And we also have in some areas like eggs, a shortage problem because of the flu that we had, the the avian flu that we had. But then again... That is also their production system and them cutting corners that gave the possibility of avian flu uh, going all over the egg domain. So, again, all the problems that we have for inflation are corporate driven. I want everybody to understand that. You didn't do anything wrong. Your mom and dad didn't do anything wrong. Your daughter and and your friends didn't do anything wrong. Corporate greed did all that was wrong. Keep it in nuestros cranios. Let's keep that in our heads. Now, the British farmers are now in trouble because they can't harvest. They this particular woman has four fifths, one fifth of her farm unplanted. Why? Because she doesn't have the workers from Latvia. She doesn't have the workers from Poland to come into Great Britain to cosechar la finca to, to get the crop, right? So what all those prejudiced folk that thought they wanted to get rid of all those Europeans, we don't want the Europeans to have a darn thing to do with us or we're tired of the, Euro- the, the rest of the Europeans, that is, you know, the, the former communist countries, the former, uh, the, the other countries like Spain and Portugal and all these guys that were coming into Great Britain uh, to do farming, etc., and also many other unskilled workers, they're gone. And now a lot of Britons are being, are actually seeing the results of the things that the right wing has told them would be good for them. Why am I bringing this story up here? Why am I bringing that international Brexit story that's been years back up to you? Let's not make the same mistake that countries like Great Britain, when they got their xenophobia in full vogue, when they got their full vogue in prejudice and not wanting those others in their country, even though they are a country with a birth rate that's, that's not conducive to productivity increases, let me tell you, they are paying the price in real shortages, not manufactured shortages because of corporate greed, but real shortages created by a following the right-wing methodology that created a shortage of workers, which hence created a shortage of vegetable places to grow. So, and other things. I, I, I'm just using this vegetable example. But it's important for us not to fall and make that mistake, people. I mean, we, I, I, I think we can use Great Britain as something we don't want to happen to us when it comes to immigrants. So for all of you that are trying to tell those folks south of the borders, folks that that we actually need, we are 6 million jobs short, or more than 6 million jobs short in America right now. We could use about, I think if I I read correctly, between 6 and 10 million more people, right people, we could be employing those folks right now, that would mitigate a whole lot. Inflation because the productivity would increase. For the areas where we really have shortages, where we really have shortages, all of that would be mitigated. So don't let the right-wing guys, don't let the guys like Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick and all these racist thugs that call themselves governor and lieutenant governor, don't allow them to work in your minds to tell you that what's good for you isn't and what isn't isn't. Because again, Great Britain is suffering through what we will suffer through if the xenophobia that the right wing is pushing for short term gain ever takes foothold. You think your grocery prices are high now? You think your grocery prices are high now? Wait. Get rid of those immigrants. You think your restaurant prices are so high now? Wait. Let your son- let, let xenophobia thrive. Let prejudice thrive. Let anti-immigrant feelings and sentiments thrive, and you'll see. You may feel real good being—I'm not talking about you know most, but those who feel that way—they may feel real good the day that they say, "Yeah, get them out of here." But they will pay the price, and it's not only they who will pay the price, but it's your kid, kids, your kids' kids, and the, and the loss in productivity, the loss in your wealth. And you know who will never lose a thing? The corporate folks who kind of led you down the road for political gain. So, folks, let's, let's not fall for all of this. Let's all do things right. Anyway, today's program. But before I get to today's program, I want to welcome Tori Mercer is in the house. Tori, how are you doing today?
1: Hello, Egberto. Good to see you.
0: Great to see Happy you. Happy Monday. Your thoughts on, your thoughts on uh, my, my little soliloquy that I just had there?
1: I think you're a genius.
0: Oh wow! I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> I mean, keep up the good work. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's so important, though, Tori, that you know we have uh, we don't have to live through what Great Britain is living through right now. We don't. We can actually uh, see uh, the example of what has occurred there and make sure it doesn't occur here. Don't you think?
1: I think we need to learn from their bad example and form an economic union. With all the Americas. I agree. 100%. Get rid of these borders. Go to a common currency. You know, let's get organized. Uh, it, New it, constitution.
0: I, let, let me tell you something. I think in the long run, that is where we have to get. But anyway, today's show. But thank you for doing both the boards and the phones. Folks, give us a call. 713-526-5738. You heard my initial soliloquy. Did it tickle you? Do you want to uh, have make a comment on that? I'd love to hear from you. 713 5738 Hit the number 2 and Tori will get you on air right away. We love to hear from our audience. We love to hear that you're listening. We love to hear that you're thinking even if you don't agree with what we're talking about. Even if you don't agree, we want to hear your voice. Welcome aboard. Lime Lemon in the chat. Paul Fleming in the chat. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, Let's see. Hey, everyone. Let's all come listen to Egberto. Maybe everyone's at work. On the chat, it'll come. Eventually, you'll see some of the folks pop in. Yeah, a lot of folks are at chat. May Wood is also in the house on the chat. All right. Title of the show today is, that was a soliloquy in the beginning, Biden's partial support Supreme Court neuter. Yep. How can you neuter the Supreme Court? Is it, it's at the top of the chain. You know, you neuter the Supreme Court by filling up the lower courts, right? And making sure they can get through a whole lot of laws uh, or interpreted. And you know what happens then? The Supreme Court can only take X amount of, X amount of cases. So make sure that you're fully stocked. Make sure that you're, they're doing their jobs and everything will work out right. Well, that's what Biden is doing. Uh, Second item I have, debt ceiling highlights tax fraud. I'm gonna kind of explain that using Byron, an interview that Byron Donalds did with um, CNN. And uh, last but not least, or I think I'm gonna start here actually, another mass shooting. And let me tell you why I wanna start with another mass shooting. I woke up in the morning, turned on the TV, watching my Sunday news, and there pop up the, the message, you know, it kind of interrupted the news. I don't know why they interrupted it at Elkert at midnight around our time here, Central Time, but they interrupted the news and said, 10 people are shot, 10 are dead, 10 are injured. And apparently the same guy attempted to go over at another dance hall to effect his evil murder as well. And... You know, they talk about it a little bit, and then we moved on to another subject. I remember a few years ago, whenever you talk about this, that's not how it was. This was this actually, it actually messed with our center. It actually messed with our psyche. It actually messed with us that another human being would just come with a weapon of war and gun down people. I mean, it messed with us. And now... So anyway, another mass shooting. I woke up on Sunday to break in news. Ten people were killed and ten people were injured by a mass killer who ultimately killed himself. It was eerie that it felt so normal. Even the news coverage was matter of fact. The 24-7 coverage that used to be the modus operandi for such a catastrophic event was not there. It was business as usual. It is not hard to see that groups like the NRA and their Republican stooges love that. Hey, you know, guess what? Killing people with guns that these uh, that these gun companies make a lot of profit from. Hey, that is good. Guess what? If if people don't pay attention much to it anymore, we no longer have to worry about. Gun laws changed. You know, because every, every single cycle, humanity means a little bit less. Every single cycle, humanity means less. And you know why they don't want to change anything? Guess what's down? Gun sales. Gun companies are making so much less money. Gun sales are down. They don't have an Obama to be scared of. Gun sales are down. But the crazies are still buying their guns and, and, and killing people. The immoral, and, and it is sad. I came across a photograph uh, of five Republican politicians. And one has a machine gun, one has an AR-15, one has some sort of a bazooka looking thing. Another one has something that looks like an M-16. And if you guys want to see that picture, it's in my newsletter for the show today. Go to politicsdoneright.com newsletter. politicsdoneright.com newsletter. And it's amazing. I'm looking at this picture with big smiles, including Bobear and Donalds with two big guns in their hands. And they're smiling. You know, They have kids, they have relatives, and to think that's what they're looking at, right? Like it's a big deal to have a weapons of war, a civilian with a weapon of war. The immoral, childish behavior of politicians like these terrorists who held the house hostage must be held accountable. They are making the gunning gunning down of Americans acceptable. They are making the gunning down of Americans acceptable. 713-526-5738. Again, the numero is 713-526-5738. Folks, please give us a call. Uh, we have some other issues to talk about as well. But if you have anything to say about the gun issue, before I change the subject, uh, one of the other two subjects, please give me a call now. Seven one three. Hit the number two, and you'll be on air right away. I repeat one more time. 713-526-5738. All right, so this morning, got up again. I'm watching the news, and yes, they mention it, and they're doing a little bit of mourning out there in Monterrey, California, right? But again, it is not... It is not the shocking thing that 10 people lost their life. 10 people were gone down and 10 people are in the hospital. We don't know their conditions. That, I mean, every every week, every day, this is what we're living through. And we are the civilized country. I mean, there are countries where we talk about terrorists. We don't have to worry about terrorists Knocking down buildings and shooting up people. We, our own people, do it among ourselves. So we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be talking about all those foreigners as, as, be, as being scared of them to come in and cause some sort of a problem. Because our own are mass killing our people. So we should be measured. We should be humble in our thoughts. Whenever we talk about these issues, we should show a certain degree of humility when you find that what we so fear from others is should be no fear at all. You can go... Uh, when you look at it, we have to be very cognizant of our own. We have to be very cognizant. So as soon as... um. Terry, bring bring you in, Frank. I'll take you on 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 the air. You'll be you'll be bringing you in shortly. It's red. It's not it's not on air. Um, so we'll be oops, we lost one. But but the Frank is not on air for number one. And call back. We just lost you. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not red. Uh, it has to be. There we go.
2: Frank, you're on the air. Yeah. Good afternoon. How you doing, yeah, sir? It, I, I I've listened to you over the years, and you're always interesting. Here's something, I think, that uh, when we're talking about gun violence mm-hmm. probably put this in the context of probably the most, uh, I guess, expansive perpetrator of violence since mm-hmm. World War II, I think we're living in it, it's the pariah known as United States of America. Mm-hmm. We've invaded more countries, we've, mm-hmm. we've inflicted more horror, more terror than any other country, I think, in the world. We've mm-hmm. been involved in Central America, in Iraq, which was started on a lie, and of course, Vietnam was just a continuous barrage of lies. Right, and, uh, it, it, and of course, what's so interesting about it is both houses of Congress, you know, the two wings of the pariah, the Democratic and the Republican, uh, always vote for the Pentagon, whatever they want. In fact, I think was it wasn't under... Clinton, where he offered—I uh, mean, they—they they proposed so many, and then he offered. Were you sure you don't want some more? Exactly. So, oh, and I can remember. I mean,
0: Frank, it, let me stu- let me stop you for a second. Hold on, second. Uh, for the person who called that we dropped, that was accidental. Please give us a call back at seven one three five two six five seven three eight. All right. Yeah.
2: Okay. okay and, and and I and I think that. This is always the big elephant that no one talks about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, both houses of Congress have supported this war in Ukraine. And I remember, I don't try to keep track of all the details, but you could fill me in specifically. But remember, they thought that this may be just a very temporary skirmish. And, right. uh, you know, we might get this thing settled with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, Putin. Putin and, but I remember. Way though they said no, we're we're anticipating at least a year on this thing. We're anticipating a year. and I thought, oh boy, the military-industrial complex may have been popping the champagne when it, when they said that. And then it hasn't been long after that till I heard one of the uh, uh, spokespeople for the government say, oh no, we're we expect this to be a two-year campaign. Yeah. I thought, oh boy, General Dynamics. I mean, <laughs> this is great. Let's have another party. So I think I think this is this is. So blatantly obvious that America, the great perpetrator of violence and overthrowing the governments, you know, um, I mean, there was a book out, in fact, Overthrow by Stephen Kinzer, right. which missed, I think, what, 17 or 18 different governments that we've overthrown in those last few years. So, I mean, we're talking about this violence around the country. We are the most prolific perpetrator of violence, I think, on the planet, and that's where If we could, I don't know how we're going to stop it because the Democrats and Republicans always vote for whatever the Pentagon wants plus more. So I think we're caught in a trap here. And until we hit the streets, maybe like we did in Vietnam, Mm -hmm. which finally bore down to where they got out. But, uh, you know, it didn't do any good on Iraq. And we've got, you know, we've got two or three war criminals still in the United States, you know, one of them painting pictures up in Copper, Texas that perpetrated the lies that started the great tragedy in Iraq Right. And on and on. In fact, we didn't we overthrow the only democratic attempted government years ago in Iran. Yes, uh, and uh was there. And then, of course, we said Kermit Roosevelt over. Well, that's over what with you know. I, money. I tell you something and that I heard. On, and on, on Frank, and on we could go. I tell and you, of The speed. So Frank, go ahead. And explain.
0: You're probably yeah. on one of those things that you can't hear back at the same time to talk about. Here, here's what I want to say, Frank. Uh, first of all, you hit the nail on the head uh, as far as violence. Yes, we. We the problem is most americans don't know okay most americans don't see what we do overseas most americans don't see the the social, let, let me give an example um you know most americans see africa as a basket case okay they see uh, that uh, you know but but what the corporate corporation sees is is a resource for materials that they can't allow to uh, add, put added value on. So they're, they're intent on keeping bad dictators in power down there, just like they did in South America and elsewhere, because that is what feeds the West. Most Americans don't understand that political reality. When it comes to the guns that occurred, the killing that occurred in, uh, in, in California, what most Americans don't understand is all of that, put it, keeping these guns in the hands of people, it's a business deal. This is just a business deal. These politicians are willing to pay for us to pay the price for having people sell their wares. We look at how easy it was to give Ukraine, uh, billions of dollars, whatever they asked for, but we don't have a water treatment plant that is functional in Jackson, Mississippi or Flint, Michigan. We have a problem. It only takes a billion dollars to fix, uh, to fix, uh, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, less than a billion to fix Flint, Michigan, but we can't find the money to do that, but we can get these guys, Abram tanks and otherwise. So you're, you, you hit the nail on the head, but what has to happen, in my humble opinion, Frank, is people like you, the, by you calling in and opening that discussion for me to be able to expand on that, is what helps educate others, and we have to turn it into a, a geometric progression of reaching people. Because most of the networks won't cover this. It won't cover what you've said.
2: You're right. You're right. Well, you're doing a good job. And I just want to tell you, we are, I, I'm sure that you know, you're know you chipping away. How much we're chipped we're actually c- creating, we don't know. Because we've got a big rock that needs to right. be chipped at. But, but anyway, we, I love that, And just keep chipping. And we'll, Thank you, brother. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try to do what we can every time we can. All right. Brother.
0: Thank you, my brother. You have a great day, Frank. All right, let's go to Tag. Come on in, Tag. Hey, Ernesto. Egberto, Egberto,
1: que pasa, hermano, Egberto? (laughs) Egberto. (laughs) Yes, sorry about that. I had that name stuck in my mind from years ago. Yeah, yeah? Ernesto was our our program
0: director (laughs) a few years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. love Ernesto. Yeah, Saulworth at Station. Listen, I wanted to say that 33 mass shootings already this year, that's 10 a week Wow. or more. Wow! And, and so, if if you if you multiply that out by fifty two weeks, we're looking at probably somewhere around five hundred and fifty mass murders this year, if the trend continues. Wow! Wow!
0: You see, and I, I I heard a number similar to that on I think I think it was either CNN or MSNBC this morning, and it, it, it's it it reaches a point where you can't fathom that number, right? You start hearing these numbers, and it's like, really. Are we, are we that bad? And the answer is yes. And the thing about it is, we are so impotent in solving the problem when most Americans say they want the problem solved. But somehow, uh, we can't get these politicians to do it, which is why I said, primaries, you got to vote in the primaries and you got to vote the right people in. And I'm not only talking, from, I'm not only talking at, the, at the, the, the federal level, I'm talking at the state level and everywhere else. We have got to. We have got to let people know that they are already empowered to do the job. But I mean, we don't. We can't empower anybody. Tag. They are already empowered. They just have to execute well, under power.
1: Ab- absolutely. And the thing is, is that people don't want to contemplate that number of 550 mass shootings this year, if things continue or don't get any worse. That's the thing people don't want to hear about. It's like if you've got a rotten tooth, you know, and you don't want to fix it, and it's bothering you. You have a one day where it doesn't hurt, and all of a sudden, that's a great day. But the right. thing is, you still have that problem, you know. But here's here's a point I wanted to make, or not, so, and I'll, and I'll get off your. Off Egberto. Line. <laughs> Egberto, sorry, dude. That's dyslexia speaking, not, you know, Egberto. Um, so, so anyway, this is what are the point I wanted to make is that these shootings, are tearing away at the fabric of our American society. And there are some politicians in this country that want to see the fabric of this country tore up. Yes. They want to see it frayed and and come apart. And the fact is is that they have a lot of right-wing, you know, just like being friends with Viktor Orban, for example. Mm -hmm. These people want—it's just not about gun makers— it's these people that want our society to be frayed and to be dysfunctional, and and I think that it, there's a lot more going on here than just some guy shooting people at a at a you know ten yesterday or day before. I mean, there's a lot more going on here. Um, so, I
0: think you hit the nail on the head, tag, when you said these people want they want chaos in the country, and, and the reason why they want chaos in the country is if you have a whole bunch of people that that, that are chaotic that are f- afraid that are are concerned about their neighbor, these are people that politicians can take a, a, a advantage of and pass any kind of laws under a false pretext. So you hit the nail on the head, there.
1: Well, and not only that, but the influences from outside the country, the right-wing influences from outside the country, I think to me speaks quite loudly. And Viktor right. Orban is, these people that worship Viktor Orban, come on, give me a break, you know? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Egberto, thank you very much. I'm thank going
0: to get off the line. Thank you, my brother. You have a great one, Tag. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Thank you for being here. And Maywood from Southern California. Thank you for being here. I don't know where you're from. Lime Lemon. That's an interesting tag. Lime Lemon. I love that. And Paul Fleming from Atlanta. All right. Let's see. Biden's par- new subject. We're off of the, the, the one with the crime, but the new subject is Biden's partial court neuter. And it goes like this. Joe Biden may not have the House, but with the Senate, he can leave his stamp on the judiciary, ensuring that the activist Supreme Court is attenuated. Notice I said I didn't say stopped, but that the Biden that the Supreme Court can be attenuated. Why? Well, we learned that there are three coequal branches of government the executive, that is the president and his administration, the legislative that is the House of Representatives and the Senate, and the Judiciary, that is the Supreme Court and the systems of courts, right? That was never true, though. Those three branches are not equal. That's what you learn in school. That's what you learn in school, but it's false. That was never true, especially in a purposefully polarized country. Five Supreme Court justices ultimately control this country. All right? I repeat, five Supreme Court justices ultimately control this country. Any laws created by Congress and signed by the president can be deemed unconstitutional by five justices to render it moot. And while there are mechanisms to impeach Supreme Court justices, polarization and money in politics make it unlikely because the justices are purchased ultimately by our plutocracy. Dr. Eddie Glaude correctly applauded the president for many of his picks. He has diversified the courts. President Biden is filling vacancies in the lower courts as fast at a fast clip. After all, the Supreme Court cannot handle all grievances in real time. Only the most critical cases will get to them. Otherwise, it will be adjudicated by the lower courts. That's why the lower courts are so important. I'll pause there and bring David into the fold. David, talk to me. Hey,
3: Roberto. Hey, maybe you should change your name
0: to Ernesto. <laughs> then, hey, then then I uh, he'll be able to call me right, right? <laughs> there you go. Then Tag will get oh. it right. Hey, Tag. David has a suggestion. I should change my name. Go ahead. Go ahead, David. Okay. Uh,
3: uh some of the things you've been mentioning, you know, as far as seeing, you're uh, just beginning a discussion about about Brexit,
0: Uh huh. there's
3: one simple thing I have to say about that. It goes something like this, their chickens are coming
0: home to roost. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you know, there are a lot of reasons for Brexit, right? But what irked is- me, you know, people could talk about autonomy and all that kind of stuff. I could understand that. I mean... Uh, that they don 't like the central government because you know these are these are countries with different different kind of cultures and all of that, and you could get some clashes when it comes to well, can you call my wine oporto uh, or can you call my butter butter or, you know all those kinds of things you get into, and since they they 're micromanaging all those kinds of things, you could understand some sort of a you know some 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 friction there, but yeah. what they use to create and get Brexit wasn't the cultural differences like for what is wine or what is champagne or not things like that. They use people. They use the prejudice against people. And they created the same right wing mantra that Donald Trump created in the United States. In their case, they were able to get that. And as you just said, David, what, what was the phrase again? The chickens are coming home to roost. Exactly. And what I am saying as an example to America, to every American that is listening to us right now, don't make that mistake and make our immigrants the scapegoats. We need them. We need them for uh, work. We need them for, I am an immigrant. All right? We need them for work. We need them for uh, social security. We need them for all those things given the birth rate in the United States of America. And the same go? applies to Great Britain. Talk to me, David.
3: We are all products of immigration. Yes, and they, when this, you know, I think Donald Trump, as much as he railed against immigration, how did how did he find from Germany? He, uh, yeah, that's right. Now, uh, let, let me. Uh, you're the thing about the about the shooting. Yes, sir. You were talking about how how it's been. Uh, the nobody's uh, just like they're, they're talking about it like it's just another happenstance yes, sir. occurrence. Have you ever heard of this thing called the Overton window?
0: Yes, I have. The Overturn window has moved. You're absolutely right.
3: That's right. They're normalizing it, and it's no longer, you know, we don't, we're no longer shocked. Yes.
2: Hey,
3: guess what, buddy? It's uh, this another day. We've I was going to mention something about the, uh, you mentioned something about the, the issue with the courts. Yes. Have you seen this thing Uh there's a, uh, this guy that's uh, that's got a documentary, which is showing in the Sundance Film Festival, having to do with the invest with 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 uh, Donald Trump's uh, bogus investigation of Brett Kavanaugh.
0: Yes, yes, actually, it's it's uh, it's at Sundance right now, and yeah, Kavanaugh is going to be well. I I shouldn't say he's going to be in deep trouble. They can't do anything to him, but it, it's uh, it, apparently it got some very rave reviews at Sundance.
3: Yeah, it's uh. It's a, uh, you know, as far as uh, what you were saying about the Supreme Court, I think the estimate is that the Supreme Court handles about 80 cases per year. Right. And the rest of the court, the lower courts, handle something like sixty to 80,000 right. cases per year. Right. So so on average, the Supreme Court deals with only one one-thousandth of the cases that are brought before the lower courts. There you go. And, and any time a case comes before the Supreme Court, it's usually because what happens is a particular issue will be brought before us before a court in a, in a district court in one area and they decide one way, and that same case is brought before a district court in another area, and they their decision runs counter so you've got two two u uh, s district courts that have decided differently on, right. on one issue, so now it has to go to the supreme court so However, it's going to be parsed out. They get to decide ultimately what, the, what it's going to be.
0: And that, that is the reason I said it's so important then for Biden to fill all those vacancies with people that are true justices, not hacks. True justices that are willing to interpret the Constitution, not only interpret the Constitution appropriately, but also make notice that the Constitution is just a document and we have reality. Anything else, David, before you go?
3: Yeah, as far as Donald Trump appointing justices, I heard about some of the justices. This guy uh, nominated for positions on the lower courts. Mm-hmm. These some of these guys, they didn't even know what. The, how, they didn't even. Uh, they had no knowledge of the Constitution or or the the, the laws that they were supposed to be right. deciding on. How how could uh, somebody that's supposed to render a decision in a case possibly? render on, on a reliable decision when they don't even know what the law that they're deciding it's, on. It's has. shame. Look
0: at the, look at the woman who actually uh, gave him a pass with the, um with the documents, right? And and the, the, the other yeah. courts finally overturned that. But David, thank you so kindly for calling in and keep listening and keep telling folks thank you about folks it. Okay? Giving me the, thank you for giving me the time of day. Uh, you have a wonderful day, David. All right, folks, uh, Patrick's time is on the, on the uh, I think Patrick is calling in from. Is that LinkedIn or I don't know? Link. Ah, no. From from. Uh, that is, Patrick. Time is calling in. Not calling in. It's on the internet from. Uh, I think that is YouTube. All right. There was a surge of deadly heart attacks across Australia in 2022. Death by heart attack surged 17% in 2022. I don't know what you're trying to tell me there, uh, Patrick. You may want to tell me if there's some, some uh, probative thing there. But anyway, continuing with the uh, Supreme Court or the courts in general, remember I mentioned that when you learned in school that we had three co-equal branches of government, that was not true. They want to teach it that way because they want to talk about checks and balances, right? Each division checked the other. But they left ultimate power in the hands of the Supreme Court, and ensured that the Supreme Court could be bought by a corrupt president, and that's what we're—that's where we are at today. So Eddie applause applauds, applauds uh, President Biden for many of his picks. He has diversified the courts. President Biden is filling vacancies in the lower courts at a fast clip. After all, the Supreme Court cannot handle all grievances in real time. Only the most critical cases will get to them. Otherwise, it will be adjudicated by the lower courts. Biden is unlikely to put social and religious ideologues on the court. You know, we know that. He's not going to put any one of those kind of ideologues. That is a good thing. But make no mistake. Many in the Democratic Party follow neoliberal orthodoxy. And the judges elevated will be, at best, corporatists with an environmental and social facade but it will be easier to pressure Biden's picks than those Trump ideologues. So, you know, we elected a neoliberal centrist to govern the country, and he has made some good deals with progressives. So, I mean, it's not all bad. It's not all loss. Compromise when you can't get all that you want. But what the idea here is I urge you to read a piece I did a few years ago titled Republicans are setting up the supreme the courts for minority rule even in a more progressive country. It explains a lot. Like I explained several times, America is a progressive country. I repeat, America is a progressive country. It's not right of center. It's not left of center. If you ask policy by policy what Americans want, America is a pretty, damn progressive country, And what we have to start doing is a certain said City, Well, don't go out there and, 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 and cower as you call out the things that you want. Ask people when they slam you for being a liberal, when they slam you for being a progressive. Ask the question, "What is it that I want that you don't want me to have others have?" It's a simple. Ask them to define. The things that they want, ask them to define what it is that you want that they don't, because what you find out is after playing into the conservative peer pressure group of superiority. You know that's that's what a lot of folks on the conservative thinks. Ah, we're not them liberals. You know that always want a handout, which isn't true, of course. It's not true at all. But that's how that is how the conservative frame it to hoodwink other progressives into not being progressives, into not accepting their progressive values, right? That is how they do it. It's a mind game that's well studied and we have to break out of that so that we can vote correctly, vote appropriately, so that we can vote the right people into office, so that the right folks get into the Supreme Court, so that the right folks get into the courts, so that the right folks create laws in Congress. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen as long as we do our job, as long as we keep up our our uh, our impetus to do the right thing. Why was that? I'm not sure what you mean, Melanie. As far as why is that? Tell me what you want me to answer. As far as why is that? Um, so again, my friends, unlearn what you learned about the separation of uh, of uh, the, the the branches of government. Unlearn it. It, it, it's practically incorrect. Okay? We have three branches of government, and the most powerful branch in the government are, the, are up to five people on the Supreme Court. And whatever those five decide, it's the law of the land. If they decide that something both the Congress and the, and, and the President signed and they say it's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional and it stays unconstitutional until one impeaches the judge and changes the rule. And what are the chances of that judge getting impeached, given that it takes three-fifths or two-thirds, I don't remember which one, of the Senate to impeach a judge? Again, let's know our history, let's know our country, let's know our laws, and let's understand how things work. Because that is what they use against us. They use our naivete on our system against us. They use our naivete on what a capitalist structure does against us. They use our naivete and our fear against us. We have to all grow up. And that's why we're here. We must all grow up. We must all not be tethered by misinformation. We can't tether ourselves to that We do that at the risk of our well-being, and that's what we've been doing. We've been tethered to so much bad information, and with that, I'm going to the third subject. It is debt ceiling highlights tax fraud. The debt ceiling highlights tax fraud. Representative Byron Donalds, Republican of Florida, told CNN it wasn't his place, to call for his Republican Lion colleague, George Santos' resignation. Host Victor Blackwell reminded him he'd had no problem demanding President Joe Biden step down. In the debt ceiling portion of the interview, Victor Blackwell asked Congressman Byron Donalds, why not separate the spending debate from the debt ceiling? After all, the debt ceiling increase involves money already allocated and spent. Representative Donalds claimed it was a business statement and not a political one to tie the two. He must be a damn lousy businessman if he does not realize that the mere possibility of connecting the two is irresponsible and destructive for business both in the United States and abroad, for the uncertainty it brings. Again, I want you all to think about this. If you think there's going to be a problem with your credit, or if you think that this guy has a credit problem, or if you think that you may not get paid from this guy, are you going to invest a lot in giving him services or products? I think not. And with us having a bunch of clowns running our Congress, our House of Representatives, because remember... While there are 220-something Republicans in the House of Representatives, it's 21 terrorists that ultimately run it because they can't move as a block unless those 21 say, okay, you have my permission to move. Remember that. There are 220-something Republicans in the House, but there are 21 Republican terrorists that really are holding that house hostage. And I put it in those words because those words are in fact apropos. Okay, so, uh, more importantly, uh, he he fails to note, Donald's that is, fails to note that much of the deficit arises from not taxing those who must benefit from the economy we all created. In other words, we got a bunch of deficits. We didn't create those deficits. We are not spending an inordinate amount of money other than what we transfer to the defense industrial complex, other than what we transfer, well, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Let me continue this and then I'll, figure, I'll talk about one. The responsible tax cuts when Republicans were in power exacerbated the debt and deficits. Remember that, it exacerbated the debts and deficits. The debt increases interest payments to the wealthy Who bought the debt that we are responsible for paying? Again, we, in effect, we give the rich tax cuts. Think about this we give the rich tax cuts, which increases the deficits. They then must loan us back the money they didn't pay in taxes to mitigate, to pay for the deficits so that we can continue to spend for the things that we need. And these deficits were created by what again? The tax cuts. Look at the circle, guys. Wouldn't you like to make money that way? Hey, congressman, cut that rich person's tax, uh, taxes. Okay, but you're not gonna, uh, but guess what? Now that you cut those taxes, we got a big deficit. Okay, th- congress has an answer. We are gonna borrow the money that we gave these people in tax cuts, but who can afford to loan us the money? the people we gave the tax cuts to. So they loan us back the money. And then, and then we pay them interest for that loan that they gave us from the tax cuts we gave them. It is the highest form of parasitic wealth transfer from the many to the wealthy. Brothers and sisters, we have the power to change that. Republicans must not be taken seriously. They want to cut social programs to prevent tax increases on parasites that cannot seem to pilfer enough. Think about that. Think about the sequence I just mentioned. Because I'm not pulling that out of the air. That is what's happening. Let's go to Ray. Come on in, Ray. Hey, brother. How you doing, Listen. my brother?
4: Hey, I'm this TG Ray. I'm gonna try to make this quick because I do get scattered. Yes, I sir. wanna throw out a shout out. I wanna thank you for uh, bringing everybody's uh, attention to Naomi Klein's book, The Shock Doctrine. Yes, sir. And let me tell you what: if they paid attention to that, they would never go near the mainstream news again. They right. would understand. I think. I think. But there's even a more—I'm on my fourth reading of that book. Yes. But there's another book out there by a girl named Nancy Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book called White Trash, mm-hmm. the 400-year untold history of class in America. hmm I think this is about the most disturbing thing I've ever read in my life, and yes. Yeah, we were born on slavery, but we were born on drug dealing. hmm Started with tobacco. Anyway, that was— Eduardo, thank yes. you very much. Hey, but I let love me tell
0: I want to first of all thank you for bringing that up. What was the name of the book again uh, by Eisenberg?
4: Her name is Nancy Eisenberg, mm-hmm. and it's White Trash.
0: Okay, great. I, I look the into that. I had not read year that
4: book. It's a bone told history of class in America, mm-hmm. and it, it's almost. It's almost of course, the best book is Howard Zinn's History of America. Right, I read you know, that. That's best. That's But you ought to try. It. But your readers, who I mean, your listeners, who have a lot of uh, things to say, and they're really important, and I agree with most of them. But you, somebody ought to read this book, White Trash, Thank and you. they'll find out. Thank you so anyway, kindly, TJ. That's all, that's, all, that's all. Thank you, Eduardo. Eduardo, I'm taking up too much of your time out now because you've got a lot of important things to say. Well, brother, you, I
0: appreciate your call, and thank you for turning me onto that book, okay?
4: Yeah, thanks for bringing up Naomi Klein. Yes, Hell, sir. That girl's a hair raiser. She's I great. Kidding.
0: I met her. I met her. Believe it or not, I met her in Arizona and interviewed her in Arizona. Uh, during the Bernie Sanders campaign, she came over to give a speech, and I got her to the side, and we had a little chat.
4: Now, I know her from... Uh, uh, Democracy Now. Yeah, she's great. That's where I know. Thank
0: you, brother. Have a great one.
4: No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Segway. Okay. I've just lost Link TV, Uh Democracy Now, and Freedom TV on my direct TV channel, and it's right after. It seems like our fabulous governor and lieutenant governor that bunch has passed a law that you can't even watch anti-Israeli problems. Or gun lobby problems, they passed the law. Yeah, it's and anti- in the state of Texas, and yeah. they took my link TV away. All right, anyway.
0: But wait, wait, before you go, just remember that one thing, okay? There are alternate ways to bring that right into to your to your TV still. So don't don't worry don't don't worry about two. You can bring YouTube on a smart TV. They can't really stop it, okay?
4: Oh, don't worry. I've got. Don't worry. I'm already ahead of them.
0: All right. Take care, There's my brother.
4: They're just going to force me into the internet. And God almighty, I've done
0: nothing to deserve that. <laughs> nothing. Okay, All right, buddy. TG. You have a wonderful day, sir. All right, bye. All right. So folks, about the, the debt ceiling debate, let, let, me, let me warn everybody about this. It changes nothing numerically. All the debt ceiling says is, you know what? We can borrow X more dollars. America has what's known as sovereign currency. What that means is America can print whatever it wants. It differs from, let's say, many of the countries in Africa who are based on the dollar. Even if they have their own currency, they borrow money in dollars. Guess what? We borrow money in dollars. So therefore, uh, we can do whatever we want. We print dollars. We decide, and our treasury prints dollars. They don't print it anymore. It's on a ledger. But... We can decide if we need more money to just do what's called quantitative easing. We can do all kind of magical things. That is why our $31 trillion or $32 trillion debt, which is orders of magnitudes worse than, let's say, what Nigeria has or what any of these other African countries have, and they are in trouble because they have to pay their bills in dollars. And the conversion between dollars and their monies is so, so messed up, right? That is why uh, the International Monetary Fund, I mean, that is why we are telling all the folks in these countries to stiff the International Monetary Fund. It is time for all these, quote unquote, third world countries to give these guys right back the medicine that the Wall Street has done to them. Go ahead and let's go to Rat. Come on, Rat. Come on in.
5: Yeah, it's, uh, it's Ray from Third World.
0: Hey, Ray, talk to me, brother.
5: Yeah, I'm going to keep it real brief, man. Look, all this stuff about Americans are, being, are the, great, the greatest country in the world. Let me tell you something. I've spent a lot of time in a lot of left-leaning spaces, and what I've learned about communism is it's not this big, scary entity that the government is going to take over. What we need to do is take out the ST of communists and put in Py and make it community. Community. If it was community party, people wouldn't be as scary. But when you put that ish or that ism on it, it makes it scary. And the same thing about socialism. Mm -hmm. Take out the socialism and make it society. Mm -hmm. It's the betterment of society. And communism is a community-based political ideology.
0: Let me let me. I want to I want to pick it back onto that Ray because what most people don't understand is they love to say. We like capitalism and democracy as if capitalism has anything to do with democracy. They are mutually exclusive. In fact, China is the large, one of the largest capitalist countries and it's, it's a very, uh, it's not a communist country. China is an uh, authoritarian country. They also like to mix, mix up socialism and communism and authoritarianism. And the thing about it is, it is all false. Because, and they'll say, like, look at how Venezuela, look at Venezuela, or look at, uh, look at the Soviet Union, or look, those are not, those are not socialist countries. They may have the Soviet, Rep- when it used to be the USSR, they may have had the name social Soviet republics and all of that, or, or somebody else may have said, uh, this other country yeah, is but- a social. The fact of the matter, they are not, don't mix authoritarian with social at all. And, and your, your statement about community and society, Nobody would disagree with community and society. We do things together as a community. There's nobody stopping anybody from having your pizza shop, having your grocery store, or anything. Now, they try to define those two terms as if total control by the government of all these institutions, which is false, right? That is a a definition in the the dictionary. we the people. Right. It's in the dictionary, though. And what you notice is the, diction- the de- definition has changed over time in the dictionary because of our plutocracy scared that after they have been had by this current economic system, after they've been pilfered by this current economic system, that when people start looking for, why don't we have a, a, dem- a, a, a uh, democratic uh, healthcare system? Why don't we have a democratic Hel- uh, energy sector why is it that we dig in the ground and pick up oil that should belong to the entirety of all of us and it goes to a few why you know there are a lot of because questions of flipper, right <laughs> in my book uh, uh uh the one that says i uh, look at this i'm losing i'm losing my mind it's not it's worth it but how to make america utopia i talk about those issues how to make America a utopia. Take away the economy from those who rigged it. Why? Again, all these things are... Uh, brother, brother Ray, let me tell you something, man. Uh, that a real society can, uh, given the amount of resources America has, can really be a utopia for us all. It just means that you don't have billionaires. You don't have billionaires because nobody is worth a billion. Nobody worked for a billion. Every billion that person has was made on your back. Ray, thank you so for calling, my brother.
5: All right. Thank you, sir. And we're going to keep on pushing this message that it's about we the people. We are the community in communism. Right. Thank you very much, sir. Have a great one.
0: All right. My last two sentences. Blackwell exposed Donald's utter hypocrisy in the final exchange where he said, remember, you called for Biden's exposure, expulsion, how come you're changing now? But anyhow, so folks, the debt ceiling debate. Let's get rid of believing what you've been hearing on a lot of these issues. The debt ceiling is just a law that says it's okay to borrow more, and it's something we should do. Now I've got 10 seconds to say thank you so kindly for call- calling in, guys. Thank you for Politics right. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics right You know how And end this baby. I am what? Out!